0: My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 146. Hey folks, this is Lenny Lawson, the Car Guru. Welcome to another edition of this show. I am a car dealer. I am in the car dealership as I speak. I'm in my office at Gateway Ford. I can see Gateway Nissan just across the way. And my grandchildren, well, a couple of them, are visiting right now. So we could have a rude interruption here momentarily. The door is shut. I'll know if I see, hear a knock and see a blonde head just barely making it through the window of my door. You know how it is. got to pay attention to those grand young'uns. But in this edition of My Car Guru, I'm going to talk about a couple circumstances. One, I just had a, well, not just, yesterday, I had a message from a listener who had an issue and I, I'm not going to disclose any names or dealerships or anything like that. But the situation is worth discussing. And it involves two sets of paperwork for one car deal and how you got to make sure that when you're in the dealership buying a car that this situation does not happen to you. Because I've seen it turn into a couple of nightmares. But before we get into that, I did have a motivational sales meeting Yesterday morning. How do I know that it was motivational? It's because a couple of the salespeople came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, boss, that was motivational. And I don't think they were sucking up to me because one of them was, I mean, you can see sincerity. I can. I've been doing this a while. I'm old. And I've interviewed a lot of people and I've had one on ones with thousands of employees. Well, maybe not thousands, a bunch, uh, I started with the dealership full-time in 1978, 1978, not 1878, and uh, got acquainted real quickly with the importance of doing one-on-ones with employees and under- understanding how they think and what they feel, what they're going through. My dad was a very compassionate guy, and uh, he was... I think that's why people still come up to me. He's been gone since 2015. People still come up to me and say, you know, your dad meant a lot to me. Or, or, you know, he just was so willing to sit down and talk and to share ideas and stuff and to give advice when, you know, when he was asked for advice. So that means a lot to me. And I he educated me on the importance of making sure that you uh, that you're not just one way all the time. You're not talking to employees. You're listening to them talk and hearing their opinions, and it helps guide the direction of your business. If you don't do that, then you'll never know when something's going south until it's pretty far off the rails. Your employees know. They see it. They see your mistakes and your errors, and uh, you have to be humble enough to ask them. But before we get, get go any further into that realm. I do want to pass on something I learned today from Steph Curry. Do you know who Steph Curry is? He's a basketball player. Eh, pretty good. No, he's probably the, well, I think the number one in three-point shooting percentage or or total three-point shots in the history of professional basketball. He's also a pretty smart guy. I listened to him on an episode of What is that show? It's a podcast I listen to. Hold on a second. It's coming. Smartless. That's what it is. Smartless. Uh, you know, it's Jason Bateman and two other guys. And um, there's some language, so just be careful. I mean, they're not, you know, it's not like regulated. I wouldn't call it R-rated. I'd call it PG-13 Okay, But anyway, they do interviews, and and they did one last week that I listened to was with John McEnroe. I don't know what your opinion of John McEnroe is, but I used to despise him. I was young, and I was a big-time tennis player. Loved it. My guy, who would you guess? Would you guess Jimmy? I started to say Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Connors or Bjorn Borg? That's right. It was Bjorn. I went with a Swedish guy. Don't know why. Maybe it, it was his uh, crazy style, his crazy top-spin forehand and two-handed backhand. I'd never seen anything like that. Did not like John McEnroe, but I really like him now. The guy has aged and mellowed out. He understands who he was. You know, He was one of those guys that really complained a lot and was very vocal and really upset the apple cart as far as a lot of tournaments, especially Wimbledon. But anyway, Steph Curry is the absolute best shooter in the history of professional basketball. And he was on this podcast being interviewed. And he made a couple points that I just think are very much worth reviewing with your salespeople if you want to do something motivational. Um, maybe not just your salespeople, but your uh, the other employees that work in your business. Because sometimes they lose sight sometimes you lose sight. Uh, We all need a redirection every now and then. But you think about it. I'm going to give you some of the things that he said, and we'll talk about it. Number one, how blessed are we just to get to do this? You know, he was talking about being in the NBA and making millions and millions of dollars and all the other things that he does. But you know, you think about it. uh, You know, I look at my salespeople, and I think, you know, look where you're working. I mean. I'm in here working with you trying to improve uh, your success. There's not a lot of dealerships where the dealer actually does the sales training. Uh, but that's maybe a, a benefit. Hopefully, you think it is. But what else? I mean, look at this facility. Look at the products that we sell. Look how clean this place is. Brand new Nissan showroom, You know, Ford showroom and, and service department and all that built in 2007. Uh, it's kept clean. Uh, we respect our employees, it is a beautiful facility, and we sell Ford and Nissan, two wonderful products. How blessed are we just to get to do this? You know, a lot of people come in, and some of my salespeople are sitting there, I don't feel blessed. You know, why doesn't he feel blessed? Is he blinded? Is he blinded to the opportunities that are here? Is he always thinking about the opportunities that are over the fence around the next door or around the next bend, I should say. I just thought that was a really good point. You know, sometimes you just, you need to look around and say, you know, I don't have it that bad. This is really a good place to work. I like it in reality. What's my problem? You know, sometimes they think it's the dealership's problem or the manager's problem. You ever run into a dealership employee with a bad attitude? Well, one of two things happen. He was hired that way, or he became that way. Now, he may have become that way because of the way the dealerships run. You know, maybe the managers are just really jerks. You know, maybe he's just, uh, the dealership is doesn't hold people accountable for different things. There's all kinds of reasons people can lose faith in a business, or it could be, because he's got a bad attitude, and he's looking you know, for some other opportunity and not willing to count his blessings where he is. You know, you never know. Another comment that he made was win the week. And what he meant by that is, you know, if you think about what your goal is or your goals are to win, for example, the NBA championship. I mean, you don't go into every day and every week, oh, we got to win the NBA championship. No, you got to win the next game. Right. And and what they look at as far as their team is concerned, say, so we want to win this week. We want to have a winning record this week because they play a whole lot of games in the NBA. And I think too many people look at their life or their career thinking, you know, I've got to sell, or I'm talking about salespeople now, I've got to sell 20 cars this month. Well, you know, if, if you're going to sell 20 cars this month, you better do the right things in the next hour, in the you know, before lunch or today. So that if you don't sell a car today, you'll sell one tomorrow. You know, the easiest person to sell a car to, who would you think that is? Somebody you've never seen before or somebody you've already sold a car to once. That's right. It's the person you've already sold. Follow up with your sole customers. You know, if you've stayed in contact with them, then they know who you are. It's not like some stranger's calling. And hopefully you did a good enough job, you know, to to basically earn another sale from them, right? Okay, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back and finish up this, uh, this dialogue here in just a minute. Okay, I am back. I didn't realize Steph Curry was so smart. I did watch a special on him. It was either on Netflix or Prime Video, and uh, it was very impressive. You know, he was a really little guy. When he was in the ninth grade going in, getting ready to go in, or I guess that was high school, he was like 5'4". And weighed 140 pounds. And his dad was a, I think he was in the NBA for 16 years. I guess they looked at that little boy and said, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to turn out to be a basketball player. Boy, did he ever. You know, he was never recruited by the big colleges. He ended up going to a small college over in North Carolina called Davidson. And that's where his skills of shooting and ball handling became apparent. And a lot of people didn't think he would make it in the NBA. Why? Because he's too short and skinny. But, you know, he's got, uh, let's say, three or four NBA championships. I think, no, four. And they'll probably win it again this year. Why? Because they're determined to. Okay, what else did he say? Oh, yeah, confidence is built off of your preparation. Where does confidence come from? I talked to my salespeople, my service advisors my mechanics, you know, what makes them confident is repeating successful behaviors. The people that were interviewing Steph said, uh, what is your focus? Like people have a swing thought. You know, if you've played golf or you have played baseball or a lot of other sports, What is your thought process? What are you thinking when you step up the ball to take a swing at it on a golf course? You know, some people say, well, I've got to keep my arms straight or I've got to keep my heels down or I've got to make sure that I'm, you know, keep my eye on the ball, of course. You hear that a lot. Well, what he said when he takes his shot, his focus is on being in balance. Then, he says, muscle memory takes over. So he has shot so many shots that... It's not, he doesn't miss right or left. Never misses right or left. He always, if he misses, he's going to either be short or he's going to be long. The only time that he possibly could miss right or left is when he's not in balance, when he's not going up straight, if he's, you know, shooting at an angle, in other words. You know, that is just so true to our life and and our work. I mean, we have to be in balance. Think of all the things that have to be in balance for you in order for you to perform at your best. You know, he talked about his sleep and how he eats. One of the players on his team is Chris Paul. He says he's the he's a vegan. He said, "I just it's fascinating to me to watch him eat." I said, "You know," he said, "How do you eat that way and have enough energy to play basketball?" But somehow, he does it. That he created balance in his diet to be able to do what he does and be able to survive the grueling. Schedule of an NBA basketball player. You know, I see a lot of employees that, that well, just like yesterday, I had two, two salespeople that weren't at my fabulous sales meeting. They were late. They showed up about, one was about 15 minutes late to work and the other was about an hour. So I, I got with my nephew Max, who's my general sales manager, and I said, What do we want to do about this? What, what's going on? You know, with their lives. And he told me some of the things. And so we sat down and had a good conversation with them, And we ha- we came to an understanding. We weren't yelling or screaming or anything like that. It's about understanding. It's about coaching. It's about giving them sound advice and making sure they understand what the expectations are. And now we're back in balance. We'll see, you know, how it works, but hopefully it will work. We want it to work. We want them to be successful. And success is taking care of customers and and you know doing the things that you need to do to be successful as a salesperson, just like Steph Curry does to be successful as an NBA player. Stay in balance. Don't miss right or left. Don't miss. Okay, the fourth thing that he talked about was just about the chemistry on the team. They were real curious about his chemistry with some of the other players, and they named some of the other players. And I'm familiar with all of them. And you know he just talked about the importance how do you maintain that that uh, chemistry over 84 games or 85 however many games they play it's somewhere in the 80s mid-80s that's a lot of games you, i mean you think about you know a high school basketball team they might play 30 games in a season if they go all the way to the you know state tournament um you know you might have uh, You know, college football, I mean, that's 12, 13 games at the most. Imagine 85 games, playing three games a week, sometimes four games a week, to be able to maintain the chemistry that goes on on the floor. And, you know, he talked about the importance of solving issues as they come up, solving problems, solving disagreements, you know, getting back on track. But the main thing he said is just focusing on winning every week and not winning the NBA championship because if you win every week – you will win the NBA championship as long as things go right. So, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, focus on the 95% of what you do that is great and don't let the 5% drag you down. I have seen 5% or 5%ers uh, let their lives get destroyed over the smallest things and the smallest daily disciplines that you know should be commonplace in their lives and and they're not. You know, they don't do the things that they need to do to take care of themselves. Stephen Covey talks about sharpening the saw. And what he means by that is, you know, taking care of your your physical, your mental, your social and your emotional life. And if you don't have those kind of things in balance and if you're not addressing each one of those, then then things won't go as good as they should. And the saw is just a metaphor for life. You know, have you ever tried to cut down a tree with a dull chain on a chainsaw? It's tough work. It's tiring, you know, to sit there. You just don't get anywhere. If you take the chain off, put a brand new chain on that's sharp or sharpen the chain that you had, it goes like a knife through butter, or a hot knife through butter, yeah. So people who cannot manage the 5% often lose sight of the 95%. And that's what a lot lot of salespeople and service, just people in my experience in the car business, uh, the ones who fail, fail at the little things. It's not the big things. It's the little things, the things that a lot of us take for granted, and they just can't seem to get it over time. And they end up you know, going to what we say is when somebody goes to another dealership for no reason whatsoever, we say he's headed to down-the-road motors. And that's what happens. Okay, I'll take my last break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. When we started this particular show, I said that I was going to talk to you about the importance of reading your documentation and making sure that you don't have more than one set of paperwork. So how how could this happen? Well, sometimes when you go to buy a car, the deal changes after You have already been in the finance office or in between the finance office and the sales floor. Something changes. You decide to buy, I don't know, an extended warranty, or you decide to buy a bed mat or bed liner or something that is going to adjust the transaction. So what happens is when you go into the finance office, you sign what is called a retail buyer's order or a sales contract or something like that. That is the agreement between you and the dealership. OK, uh, sometimes it's called a deal sheet, buyer's order, sales contract. It, it lays out the price that you're paying for the car, what you're getting for your trade, the trade difference, the sales tax. It will have things on there that you have agreed to purchase like a, I don't know, um, service contract, you know, what some people refer to as an extended warranty, gap insurance. Some of that stuff will be, well, really all of it that you buy should be listed on that. But this is an agreement between you and the dealership. The other contract is called a bank contract. Sometimes it will say law, L-A-W, contract on the top of it. Sometimes it will say Eastman Credit Union or whatever the name of the bank is on the contract. But it is the instrument that is used to secure the loan, basically. And it tells you what your monthly payments are, the interest that uh, the total interest that you're paying on the loan, the total interest, purchase price, and everything, what you will have paid out of pocket at the end of the term of the contract, whether it's 60 months or 84 months, whatever. It lays all that out. Now, my main point here is that you should never sign a second contract or a second buyer's order until you have witnessed the first buyer's order and the first contract shredded or torn into multiple pieces or big old X drawn on it and says null and void on it, okay? There shouldn't be two contracts floating around. Now, my second or third or fourth point about this is that you should review all of those numbers on both of those documents. Make the finance manager explain line by line what they are because you will look down through there, and I promise in many circumstances you will say, wait a minute, what's that? Please explain that. Oh, I didn't know I was paying that much for that. I'm not sure I want that. You see what I'm saying? You know, you've possibly agreed to purchase the car based on the monthly payment, and you've never seen any of these numbers in detail. You've never seen the numbers that that monthly payment is based on. Shame on you. You know, never buy a car based on the monthly payment alone. I agree. You have to, I mean, you have to fit your budget. That makes sense to me. But, goodness, you know, what are you paying for the car? What else have they thrown in there? Do not sign a bank contract or the buyer's order, bill of sale, deal sheet, whatever whatever that dealership calls it. I call it a retail sales contract. Do not sign that until you have gone over each line. And make sure you read the fine print also. There is fine print on there. You know why it's fine? So that you won't take the time to read it. Because what the large print giveth... The fine print taketh away. Not always, but sometimes. So if you have questions, you have a nightmare, you have a car life question, call me, 423-552-2020. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text, because I do read texts, or you can send me an email, Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com, and I spell Lenny, L-E-N-N-I-E, or my mom did. My real name is Leonard Blaine Lawson, you can also put that. I've got, no, see, I don't have any emails with that on it. So just send it, Lenny Lawson2020 at gmail.com, and we'll get together. I'll solve a problem. Just ask. I've got some witnesses, and they will vouch for me. And I'll see you next time on the next edition of My Car Guru.